This week's edition of A Step Further has some mature content in it. And so if you have kids around or perhaps you're listening in a public place, feel free to hit pause and listen to it when you have a chance to focus on this very important topic. You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, Andy Lynch, Connections Pastor here at Kingsway. We're so excited to welcome you in as we really are wrapping up this month-long series about relationships and family and marriage. And Darren Simpson, our students pastor, is joining us, and he will kind of walk us through some of the conversations he's been having with middle school and high school students this past month, and perhaps help us as parents, perhaps help us as coaches, as community members, as teachers. Anytime you're influencing students, uh, you have a huge voice, uh, whether they, it feels like they're listening or not. You have a huge voice. So, Darren, welcome in, and thank you for this conversation ahead of time. I'm excited about it. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. So, in the student world, we think of February, we think of Valentine's Day, we think of, oh, what a great time to talk about sex and relationships and all those things. As you approach February as a student pastor, what are your feelings going into that month, and how have they been realized this month? Well, I mean, it's, it's always a little bit daunting, to be honest. Um, you've got a biblical understanding of what sex should be and relationships should be. And oftentimes like the Bible can be very muted on the conversation of dating and what that looks like. Cause again, they did like betrothal and then that kind of stuff. And we don't really see that that today. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then, but you've also got the parent view in everything too. And it's, and it's just as valuable and just as vital uh, for them and the church for all of us to kind of come together to have these conversations. But there are so many opinions when it comes to what is and what isn't allowed, what we should talk about. And it gets difficult because we'll go to say, hey, we're going to have a conversation on dating and I'll get somebody that's like, red flag, red flag. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And they'll, they'll be like, oh, well, we haven't, we haven't quite had those conversations yet with our kiddo. And I'm like, the, the, the siren is going off in my head that's like, oh no, if you're not having that now, like, Yikes, right? Yikes. But I get excited because we have an opportunity, uh, especially in this month, to speak into this thing. Um, You know, February breathes all kind of stuff. So a lot of people get all gooey and excited and happy about Valentine's Day coming up. But then there's a a big majority of people that are like, bah humbug, I hate (laughs) Valentine's Day, right? I've been there and done that. Like a, a girlfriend had just broken up with me in high school or something like that just before Valentine's Day. And I'm sitting there going... Oh, I hate this. I hate this. But it's okay. No matter where anybody is on the spectrum, if they're listening and we're talking, I just kind of want to like educate and give opportunity to to families to talk about and not be afraid to talk about love and dating and relationships and, you know, the S word sex uh, in our world. Because so much of it dictates our culture. It dictates everything that's going on with us. So, you know, it's Valentine's Day. It's a fun time to kind of walk through things. It's interesting. As, as a parent, I'm always looking for those opportunities to speak the Bible, to speak truth, to speak Jesus into my kids. I got two kids when, when it comes to sex that are, one, one wants to talk all the time about it. The other doesn't want to talk about it at all. And so if I bring right. up anything, you see the nervousness, <laughs> you see the change of subject. How do I approach these two? Di- I mean, obviously I got to approach them differently, right. but I'm thinking of the one child who doesn't want to talk about it. 
I think of my upbringing and how I didn't want to talk about right. it. How do I engage that child in this conversation where, you know, it, it's going to be awkward. I'm going to brace the awkward because right. in this situation, he's not going to receive it unawkwardly. Absolutely. There, there's just no way for an awkward conversation to happen, to happen unawkwardly, if that's even a thing, <laughs> right? So you, you got to embrace the awkward, like you said, but some of it is just like making sure you've got a game plan. So um, what, they, what they tell us statistically is that like by the time a kiddo is seven to eight years old, if you've not had some kind of birds and bees conversation with them, mm -hmm. then what really is happening is they're saying the world will start teaching them that information. Yeah. So you're, if you're not allowing that conversation to come from you, then it will come from an external source. So they're saying educate your kiddos. So I always tell parents early on when, you're, when your kids are young, don't be afraid to have these conversations. Don't be, don't be intimidated to talk about these. The second thing too is like if you have a spouse in the process, I know that not every parent has that opportunity, but if you have somebody that you can kind of uh, rub shoulders with to get this idea going, to, to, to think through these concepts, and if you don't have that spouse in your world and you're trying to educate your kiddos and it's just you, I get praise you for having those conversations, but be willing to have those conversations. Um, I always say just find somebody that you, that can help you kind of guide the conversation because when they're younger, you there's you don't need to deal with graphic details, right, right? right? You don't need to go into the crazy, chaotic, oh my goodness, like life-altering, yikes situations. You just need to explain to them that understand that like God created sex and it is good, and, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But uh, God created sex and it's good. And uh, there's an opportunity for this later on in the future. But in this moment right now, it's just educating them that God loves you. He designed you a certain way. And these things are okay. They are healthy, but they are healthy under certain kinds of contexts. Um, and that's where the world misconstrues that. Mm. And it gets difficult as parents because you're like, what do I say and how do I say it? Yeah. If I had any advice to give to a parent, the first thing that I would tell them is don't be afraid to have the conversation. Don't be afraid to have the conversation early, and then don't be afraid to continue that conversation. Uh, my dad, growing up with us, it was like, you know, the one and done, birds and bees. <laughs> yep. you, you get the one conversation in junior high, and then you're kind of left on your own right. two feet to figure it out for the rest of your life. And uh, the reality is uh, you don't want the world speaking into these conversations without a healthy like foundation. So as parents set the foundation, like tell them these things and why we do this and why as a Christian, why do you, why do we live this principle out? Why do we think that sex is only under the context of marriage mm -hmm. and, and that spouse and that piece and that conversation? Cause it can get difficult. The world can teach them. No, you can do whatever you want, whatever pleases you, however it pleases you. That's totally fine. And then we get into a situation where as the student gets older, you actually lose traction. You lose the ability to have that conversation ongoing and you lose the authority in their life. It's been described to me as like a slow breakup process, right? As they get older, they get more responsible. They slowly start to break up with us as parents. You know, I'm dealing with my own nine-year-old and yep. watching him gain responsibility and not need me anymore. Um, but as they get older, there's the potential if you don't have conversations when they're younger, it's much harder to bring about those conversations when they're older. Uh, so train them up as they are young, yeah. give them an opportunity. And as they get older, you know, Proverbs, they, they won't depart. So you give them a, a basic foundation to live those principles by. So we'll talk more about conversations in a minute, but what, what you talked about there, how do we walk with them 
through this as they do break up. What are our ki- our students in particular, middle school and high school? What are they inundated with on a daily basis? I mean, social media. We can look at adults as adults and see that, but then walking the the halls of the schools. How can we walk with them with what they're being inundated right. by? Absolutely. Yeah. We we. What I find too, like we'll break it down. I'll start with middle school. Um, what I find with middle school parents is it's very restrictive early on. So we want to we want to tighten in the reins. We don't want them to have access to certain things. We don't allow them access to certain things. We want to protect them. It's a protective heart. But what we struggle to do is figure out how to bridge that gap as they get older to give them more responsibilities so that they learn how to work through that. And it's difficult in middle school because you've got what seems to be your innocent, loving, beautiful, amazing young child that all of a sudden goes through puberty and starts growing armpit hair and their voice drops to this really <laughs> low, right? Or at least that's what we assume. Right. And all of a sudden they're going through hormonal changes like absolute crazy. We can get into the science of it and understand that, that they're developing uh, neuropathways, we call them brain highways, that are linking information to information. And because we live in an over, overly sexualized culture, what's going to happen is as they go to school, if there is no foundation from your end, mm-hmm. as they go to school, then as the kids are talking about it, then they just jump in on the conversation and then they link a highway mm-hmm. and then things start to change and develop. And you had no voice in that. So I tell families early on, again, it's that idea of speak to them, speak to them often, continually having that conversation. Um, but early on, it's helping them deal with the thoughts and the emotions and the things that they're walking through, right? All the hormones that are running through their bodies, it is insane. Nobody would would think that that would be like absolutely normal. But what's always, what I've always loved, I got told years ago, is that God designed them intentionally and creatively to go through this at this time. Mm. And we have the opportunity to walk alongside of them. So again, building that foundation of biblical understanding of what marriage and and how marriage plays into the role of sex and, uh, you know, living in that world of, of what you should see, what your eyes should focus on, what you say and how you say it. All of these pieces are components to kind of trying to raise them so that at some point, because you can't control the outside, right? When I'm talking about yep. parents restricting things, right. you can restrict everything in your home, but you can't restrict your friends, their friends' phones. Right. You can't restrict your, your neighbor's internet connection. You can't restrict any of that stuff. You can't even restrict the vocabulary of what kids say when they come into your own home. Mm-hmm. It's hard. And so if you build that basic foundation, then it creates opportunity for your kiddo to say, you know what, I, I don't want to engage in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or to even say something like, I, you know, this just let's just let's talk about something else. Can we change the subject? Because I'm not comfortable with this conversation. You know, like it's it's okay to be open in a conversation with mom and dad, but you know, limiting that conversation and how you talk about people and how you objectify people and what you say and what you do and what society says is normal. And all of a sudden, I find it like it's okay for a kiddo to push the pause button. And we teach them it's okay to do that. It reminds me so much of our relationship with God. Do we trust that God knows best and that the rules he put forth in the Bible and the the way to live our lives, do we trust that really is best? And then do we have that relationship with him that we're going to buy into that trust? Same thing with our kids. Do our kids trust us? Have we built that foundation of trust where, yeah, they're going to make mistakes. They're probably going to try things at some point that, you know, we wouldn't want them to try, whether that's high school or college or, or before, but 
but do they really trust that we love them? And, and so it starts with that foundational relationship. Absolutely. And then as they grow into that high school world, yeah. and uh, even off into college, you've got to, you've got to loosen the leash. Mm. You've got to give them freedom to fail. Is that different with each kid? It, At what it can point be. Yes, yes, it? it can be. Oftentimes I find too, like in, if you've got a very defiant kid that's pushing all of the boundaries and challenging everything that you do, you're going to have to keep some of those reins in, or you'll find that we've got, uh, you know, uh, you might have a high school student or an early college student that is struggling with certain uh, difficulties within addiction, whether it be porn or something else. And you, you have to be careful with all of that kind of stuff. Cause it's, it's a, there's brain me like English <laughs> brain remapping is required to change the way you think about somebody when it comes to sexual identity. Mm. So, um, as every kid is different, every kid is different. Um, but for the most part, I try to tell parents to, to loosen the leash a little bit, okay. which again, that sounds really negative and I'm not trying to talk in, in negative connotation. Sure, You're just sure. trying to give them more freedoms, right. give them an opportunity to, to grow a little bit more. So early on, whenever your kiddo had an iPad or whatever, and you took Safari completely off the thing, like you have to give them boundaries and limitations. And, and early on, you might've like lived in a world of there's some resources like bark is one of those that you can put on a, on a, a cellular device to track everything that's going on. But at some point you've got to give them freedoms to learn how to function in society, to be a valuable member of society and grow through those experiences. And if they fail well, which means they fall down, but you're there to help them in the process, mm -hmm then it only allows them to grow. So many of us have forgotten that we learn way more through experiencing it ourselves. Yeah. And as a teenager, sometimes we remove those opportunities for them to fail. Mm. Uh, but, and, and we have to be careful because when it comes to sex, that's, it's like either, it's either like you completely utterly failed <laughs> or uh, you're doing good. Uh, but there is ways to have conversations and talk to teenagers that grow them respectfully and teach them boundaries and what it looks like to love and care and support other people uh, in that process. So yeah, absolutely. It changes dramatically as they grow from being a, a middle schooler where we kind of have the reins all pulled in uh, to where they're, you know, we're letting them go off to high school. You can't, or not, and then into college, you can't control right. a lot of what they do. So you've got to We've got to transition them from us being over for, to them being equal. Our last portion of this, don't have a whole lot of time. <laughs> and so I know we have a lot to talk about right. in this regard. You've been working through a blog post about, about pornography, and yeah. it is literally everywhere. It is at the tip of our fingers, in our phones, in our devices, and, and our kids are inundated with it. What have you been working through when you've been researching this and thinking about it? Yeah, the, the, the average age of exposure is, again, seven to eight years old to pornography. The average addict starts around 11. Wow. It, it used to be that it was predominantly males. Now females are becoming even more increasingly targeted. Hmm. Um, and uh, the, the porn industry doesn't have any shame in having those targets, uh, which is difficult for me to say. But as I've studied this, one of the big things that I've noticed is uh, it's just kind of that how things have morphed and changed. Like when my dad, I asked him a lot about this as I was trying to study it. He told me that um, it wasn't readily accessible. You right. could go find a magazine on the shelf and it was very highly frowned upon. And then you get into my age range where I'm growing up and you know, we had like the Napster or whatever, the dark <laughs> web. Um, and, but it still wasn't in your pocket. Yeah. And today it, it's, it's rampant because you have, you can have access to it on a, on a, on a button, yeah. on a dime right in front of you. you got a computer 
that that can get you any kind of thing that you're looking at. And the other part of it too is as technology has progressed, so has pornography. So unfortunately, when an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old is really, really curious, has access to Siri or Google or whatever, and just types in basic anatomical words like the word butt or whatever, uh, they get far more than they bargained for. Mm. It, it's it's increasingly grotesque and it's it, it's it's completely different because it it all of a sudden maps something into your brain that you just cannot get out of and from that point on there's endorphins in your body you know you've got oxytocin which is like the cuddle drug and you've got dopamine which is like that high that you get right. from a release and in those moments all of a sudden you've got a hook that is really hard to get out it's really, really hard to get out, and you need remapping of your brain in order to get there. So um, we've, I'm just writing an idea on this concept to help people understand that there are resources out there to help people to walk through this conversation and to know that they're not alone. Uh, oftentimes, I find that parents are shocked when they find this information out mm-hmm. in a home. Uh, the average is like 87%. So it's a high percentage that high schoolers are addicted wow. to some version of pornography. 87% yeah. addicted of high schoolers. Yeah. And it's even, it, so the actual average rates of sex or sexual intercourse yeah. is lower. And the reason it's lower is because they have more access to pornography. To pornography. Wow. Exactly. Hmm. So uh, educating parents on knowing that you're not alone in this, number one. Number two is that there are plenty of resources out there. Um, there's one that I love to death that we could talk about those. I don't know if we want to sure. bring these up on the podcast, yeah, go but, ahead. uh, like things that like, people were willing to pay money for a Netflix, uh, subscription. You can pay a subscription to a place like that. There's things called, uh, X three, which is triple X They work with this stuff. Covenant eyes is a big one, yeah. uh, when it comes to that kind of thing, but there's a good, a fantastic resource. Uh, two websites that I would say is fight the new drug, just si- typing that into your Google search bar and you can get information and then brain heart world, all one word. Hmm. Um, they actually did a, like a three part documentary, one on what pornography does to your brain, what it does to your heart and then how it ultimately affects the world. So it's really cool. It's free resources for you. And I would highly encourage you guys to jump in on those. Man, really good information for parents out there. We're walking with you. And so Darren, Christian, uh, Leah Jackson, they all want you to reach out. And if you have questions, if you need help in these areas or any kind of area of parenting, we're with you. We're with you in this. And so Darren, thanks for your team's work and, and what they're doing. Walking with students in an unprecedented time, quite literally. Absolutely. Thank you very much. If you want to take this conversation a step further, feel free to reach out to us. You can email me at alinch at kingswaychurch.org. You can email Darren directly as well, D Simpson at kingswaychurch.org. And we can start that conversation and continue it. Uh, we, are, we are for your family and we are with you. Uh, have a great week.